Radio. Hey everyone, how you doing? Good, good. This is my uh, second podcast sort of thing of the day, two in a day. That's right. Little Tommy's on mute. Oh, sorry, my bad. Hey, there you go. There you go. I'm just scanning that documents. Sal, that, that was Sal just trying to keep you down, Tom. Keeping the white I'm, man down. I got my. I'm scanning some documents. Some important <laughs> stuff going on over here. Keeps getting jammed. Scanner. Nothing worse yeah, than a jam scanner. scanner. Yeah, it's just like it's just paper. Why can't you just scan this paper? Uh, so yes, I'm Chris Trenisman, and that's Tom Caters, and and um, my partner in crime. I'm just saying, my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. You said uh, this is your second podcast thing today. You were uh, you were rubbing elbows and virtually uh, controlling the show for um, uh, what convention was this? So the mainframe Comic Con, uh, Chicago-based online convention. Um, yeah, they invited me to host a panel with Al uh, Ingram, the writer of the Immortal Hulk. Who I, you know, I've been talking about that book for months on this show, so it was kind of fun. Nice. That's uh, and uh, hopefully maybe uh, maybe uh, put in a plug for the show. We might be able to talk to him in the future. Maybe definitely put in some plugs for the show. Definitely, uh, I felt like um, well, I, I had we had an hour to talk, and about a half hour in, I hadn't gotten to him writing any comics yet. <laughs> it, was, it was like growing up in Britain. What was the comic book scene in Britain when he was a kid? There's angry people like, tell me about the Hulk! Yeah, there was a why, <laughs> why is this guy... I don't care about fish and chips. Tell me about gamma rays. There were a yeah. bunch of like angry people posting comments, like uh, questions. And even the Worst. guy who was running it was like posting the comments on the you know on the screen and i was just completely ignoring them because i'm like well i have plenty of questions i don't need i don't need so this is the last panel that you that you will ever host probably it's probably the last panel i'll ever host yeah i sent him an email afterwards i'm like hey sorry guys you know i'm used to like three hour marathons where we really dig deep in but you know it's like how many times has he done an interview and it's like the same five questions about the immortal hulk Sure, and I hate that stuff, and I'm sure they get sick of it too. So it's like you know, like we do. I'd rather just have a conversation. Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. What yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything about your life. But so hopefully we'll get him on to talk a little more in depth about uh, yeah, growing up in Britain and, and being a comic yeah. nerd over there. So we'll I have to ask him about the uh, the truck driving culture. Yeah, you know, l- lorries. <laughs> 
They're Lori, called Lori's. What are your feelings on Lori's? Yeah, Lori drivers. Are they serial killers there in England as well, or? It was interesting because uh, you know it's like they're you know growing up. He, he's he's a little bit younger than we are. Or, well, not Tom. Yeah. But he's a little bit younger than me, than you, Chris. And uh, actually, he's probably a little closer to your age. Younger than me, I, I guess I'll I'll say. And uh, but you know, growing up in the '80s, reading comics here was like there was a stigma, you know, and and you weren't supposed to read comic books as an adult. I guess you're still not supposed to, but I suppose over there, it, was, it, it seemed like it wasn't quite the same thing. Like it was, it was kind of normal to read comic books uh, as a kid and as as a, a young adult. So, but it was only uh, they were only allowed to, to read like Beano. It was Beano, yeah. I, I didn't even get... That was my... Like, I, I wanted to know more about, like... Because all we ever hear about is 2000 AD and Judge Dredd. And that's, like, uh-huh. the, that's the big two of British comics, you know, and, and, and... Maybe some, like, early Alan Moore stuff, like, yeah. you know, it's... it's Future no. Shocks and, and, and stuff like that, but uh, it was like, well, there has to be more than that, right? There has to be a, a, a more diverse comic book... DR and Quench, that was one of his early, like... Series over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, but that was like comedy. Um, so, yeah, yeah, tell me about that. Bino. <laughs> <laughs> tell me the history of Bino. Any relation to Mr. Bean? <laughs> it amazing if it was. No, that's cool. Uh, well, speaking speaking of comics, um, you guys, what, uh, what what's been tickling your fancy this week? I uh, I actually did not make it to my local comic shop. So, but you know, and th- this is kind of going back to the Immortal Hulk. I have been spending more time, you know, on Hoopla and um, uh, uh, Kindle, um, the Amazon Kindle, you know, unlimited and that kind of stuff. And uh, Immortal Hulk is, it seems like it's it's being pushed on a lot of those. It's got, you know, you can you can basically rent or borrow every volume of that on just about every platform that I've seen for for rental or, or borrowed comics. So that's kind of it's kind of nice. I've been as I've been exploring it, I've been really impressed by the variety and 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 depth of comics. That I can that I can you know rent and borrow or or purchase for not that much money. I uh, yeah. I mean, that's when is Hoopla going to give us money for how much we talk? It <laughs> they really Hoopla. should sponsor the show. We talk about them every week. <laughs> yeah. I it's but I'm four. Is it four rentals or four borrows a month or something? It depends on the library. My library gives me ten a month. I got four, so I whoa guys. Yeah. I get I get third like I get like twenty one or twenty yeah damn Tom yeah. the hot library Oak Park like library four. I get yeah, I, I was happy with oh maybe I get more now I think I just upped mine to twelve well uh, with the pandemic they've like bumped them up a little bit like who do um, I gotta talk to your library it's your library makes the decision it's all yeah. based, uh, based on the libraries um, I can borrow twenty one. Wait, I uh, no, I already have like eight charges. I think I get thirty right now. Damn, Damn. that's yeah. crazy. I wouldn't even know what to do with that many. I can't read that many books in a month. That's like one a day. How am I going to read one, one book a day? Well, my son downloaded a bunch of Teen Titans Go comics, so that's eating up about seven of the thirty. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's amazing. Like, if you're not hooked into sort of the the weekly, I have to be up to date on comics when they come out schedule. There is so many resources for you know either free or or relatively cheap comics that are you know only a month or or two months old. Yeah. You can read so much stuff. I think I'm actually going to read Doomsday Clock now because I can I can rent both of those. They broke it into into two. <laughs> Tom's like, eh. I heard it's finished strong. I don't know. I didn't finish it. I, I never got to the finish. Okay. I did see. There's a couple. So I I went the other route. Me being me is that instead of single issues, I only started like reading like the deluxe hardcovers of stuff, which is. <laughs> Which is great, but you have to wait so freaking long in between them coming out. So I waited twenty five years uh-huh. for the artist edition to come out, large <laughs> format, black and white. I did that with East of West and um, uh, Paper Girls, and so I think East of West, the the year three, which wraps everything up, just came out, and then Paper Girls comes out in November, I think. So I'm looking forward to reading the rest of Paper Girls. This is how I do it, okay? I, I, <laughs> download, I download everything illegally every single week. I never read them. But then if something, like, I remember something maybe I would want to read, I, 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 I get it on Hoopla three months later as a collection. And then I don't read that either. And then eventually it makes its way slowly, you know, a comic book store or, you know, like a a $2 bin and I pick that up and then it lays in a stack and I don't read it either. So that's, and then, and then, and then the absolute edition comes out and you buy it twice. And I don't buy it twice. (laughs) One of these days I'll read this thing. I have a closet full of books that just. Someday, someday. No, someday. I, I've been reading. I I did start reading this. Uh, for you know the Incredible Hulk, Omnibus, oh, Volume really? One, uh, which is it's a uh, it's it's not easy. I mean, I I was gonna say that I I can imagine you being okay. That's pretty for about twenty minutes, and then being like, yeah, I'm not reading this. You know, it's funny. The thing is, like I talked about before, where you know, Tom, you obviously you always had this talent of being able to read old comics and really making them fun when you did Tom versus yeah. the Flash and and all that stuff. You sort of had the ability to kind of look at things in a different perspective. And not mock them, but sort of have fun with them. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of found myself being able to do that a little bit better these days of like looking at it just from a different perspective and trying to enjoy the stuff either in a funny way of like, of like, oh, this is ridiculous. But, and like, but like this Hulk stuff is like, I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't think I ever really read early, early Hulk. I'm like, this is really weird. They don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> like, what are the rules? I don't know. Is it dark? Yeah. Is, like, it's like is he going to really kill bizarre. Rick Jones? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I do. I, you guys carry on. I um, I got something in the mail I want to show everyone. Oh, no. Well, I mean. It's been kind it's... of fun to, to, to go back and look at that stuff and. 
and just be like, wow, they, they, this is a much stranger book than I thought, you know, cause my, my Hulk experience was probably like the most memorable stuff was Peter David's run, obviously. Yeah. And then John Byrne's stuff and that kind of thing. Uh, a little bit of, um, before that, but that, the, the Peter David's probably really what, you know, yeah. it sticks out in my head, but you go back to the yeah. early stuff and it's like oh this is bizarre stuff this is really... like what are the rules yeah. to the hawk they're like i don't know i guess we'll did anyone figure it out last issue it's like, it's like... <laughs> there's, yeah there's no there's no telling what might happen it, it's very it's it's it feels very silver age-ish in that way where it's just like well we're just gonna tell a story we we have to tell a story this month somebody writes so, something yeah <laughs> Write a Hulk story. I don't know. What What are the rules? We don't know. We don't... Whatever, I guess. We'll just change them later. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. I mean, it. it is very... It's funny because, like, the... We've talked about this before. The Hulk sort of, like, is so iconic. You know, people know, like, the Hulk origin story, right? But, like, you actually read those old Hulk comics and you're kind of like... Huh. Like what? How, what were they? Did they? It feels like someone almost on like a, like a speed rush. Like okay, we got one done. Like oh shit, we gotta do the next one. We gotta do Twelve then... more. We gotta do like eleven more and an annual. What? <laughs> it's like what? Uh, While well, we finish that Hulk story, it's like uh, you, there's another one in like three weeks. What? <laughs> Whoa. Was, Start drawing, Jack. Really yeah. <laughs> Is it nighttime? I don't know. Maybe he gets angry. I whatever. It doesn't matter. He just he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> well, that's what. And then you you know you, you kind of come full circle to to what uh, Al uh, uh, is doing now, and it's like there's you know he's expanded it so much where there's not you know the Hulk's kind of like an idea more than a thing. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. you can kind of go anywhere with it, but you look at the origins of it, it's like, oh, yeah, it was kind of like that in the beginning. Like, there was no real, you know, guidelines to what the Hulk was or, or could do other than, you know, obviously he was strong, but nobody, you know... Well, it's like, even... right, you see, like, the first time Spider-Man shows up, you have your, you know, six panels that show what Spider-Man can do, you know, like, oh, he's super strong, you know, like, you go through it. And the Hulk, it's more like, uh, is he strong? He <laughs> <laughs> gets mad and, and kind of, yeah. It is, yeah, it is kind of funny. So, but I, but it's been fun to sort of like be able to enjoy uh, older comics that way of just like looking at them a little differently and just like, oh, this is kind of fun, you know. And and even being able to laugh at them in that way. Of, of thinking about it from what the hell were these guys doing? What were they, you know, what were they? Trying to accomplish, you know. <laughs> Just trying to fucking finish it. The, yeah, basically. This is it. This is, this is what we got. <laughs> no one's going to remember this. Yeah. It's not like somebody's going to put this in a giant hardcover. Hardcover book, yeah. At some yeah. point. And, and they, they were not doing it for posterity, no. So, what'd you get in the mail, Chris? Oh, you got yours? You got mine. Son yeah, it's bitch, a Octo Rihanna... Uh, 1976. Um, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's just. I mean, the story is the story, you know. But I mean, it's just, just ridiculously 
awesome looking and fun to read. I've I've got to I've got to go buy a black light. There's <laughs> there's there's even there's a wild like black first time I've ever seen a black light three D page. Oh jeez, nice. Because of course, because it's 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 rug and he's gonna have to do something. Get uh, to your Spencer, your local Spencer's gifts. <laughs> Get your black light. Well, Halloween's coming up, so you can get those black light bulbs in a, like Halloween shops and uh, Target. Sure. Target might even have black lights now. You know, Halloween, so perfect timing. Yeah, I mean, Robot Stalin is a great character in this. It's you know, and and that the, I mean, it's all based on on a character and history that was kind of already existing, and he just you know built the story around it and made it look freaking awesome. I mean, it really is. It's yeah, that's it's one that you just sit there and look at, and you're just like, "This is this is fucking awesome looking." That's it's, one of the interesting things about that book is that character has been around in some fashion or another for a long time, and there's a lot of stories out about that character mm-hmm. from different people, and it's a very yeah. odd kind of mythos behind it. You know, you said like David Bowie had like an Octobriana tattoo or something. Oh, I, I mean, know. <laughs> that would yeah. Me I mean, anymore. it was kind of this weird counterculture character that came out of um, the Russian avant-garde, which, um, you know, any Russian avant-garde stuff, if you guys have a chance to kind of dive into that just from um, an art perspective, is freaking amazing. It's the the, the art that came out. I've never been a... um, kind of aware or even pursued a lot of art history out of Russia, but the avant-garde movement was, there's i uh, I've got a book around here. I'll have to, oh, Tashin. Tashin made a really cool uh, movie posters of the Russian avant-garde. It's not that expensive. It's definitely worth checking out. There's, if you're looking for like weird oddball design stuff oh, or inspiration, it's really cool, and that's that's what a lot of this really kind of you know reminds me of. And I'm I'm pretty sure that that character kind of came out of that avant garde art movement. So, it's stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. What else? We read? Anybody reading? I didn't, I, honestly, I did read um, the uh, the book the book of the season Tiananmen. Wow. I'm almost done. I'm like three quarters of the way through. Yeah, I, I, I sat down and read that in a couple of couple of sittings. So, like next week, you want to talk about that next week? Sure, I have it here. So, what we're talking about, if you uh, if you're not aware, um, we try and do a rotating book club, and this is Tom's choice, and it's Tiananmen 1989. So, and I think you can get it on on Hoopla as well, right? Yep. Yes. We're in Hoopla, ding, ding. Uh, Hoopla, send us the cash. <laughs> I finally uh, one that I read on Hoopla, and then but ordered was Pulp, and I finally got it in today. Ooh. It's uh, it was delayed something awful coming out of Amazon, but uh, yeah, I finally got my copy of that. I've been I've been chugging along on the Hickman X Men stuff. Yeah, Just, like going through it on uh, on Hoopla. I still like it. Though there was a few moments where I was like, mm, maybe I don't like this. And then, <laughs> and then it came back around, and I was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I've, been, I've been reading the uh, the Jason Aaron uh, Thor, Goddess of Thunder. I kind of started that on the volume one when that started, because I 
I mean, I know who it ends up being, but I, I haven't been spoiled on, on anything else. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's it's good. I mean, Jason Aaron, it's, uh, the guy, guy's a pretty good writer. He's got a career. He's he does. Okay. I think he's, he's got a career. He's solid. <laughs> I read that. I, I thought that was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was. I. I. I was a little. I. I'm not crazy about that artist gen generally, but uh, I it, worked it worked for that. And, yeah, it worked for that. And I thought as it went on, I kind of liked it more and more. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it added a, a cool, like weird element to that story, which I thought like fit it because of you know just sort of all the bizarre characters and places and, and things that were going on with it. I, I thought it were, ended up working pretty well. Now, is that character still around? Is it still Thor, the goddess of thunder? Uh, I don't really know. I don't, okay. I don't think so. Okay. I, I think, I think Thor is back. I don't know. Honestly, she might be, uh, and then he might have another hammer. I don't know. Another hammer. Wait, well, ham- wait what? Wait, what? There's a lot of hammers. There's How a lot many of hammers, hammers can you have? Uh, yeah. What's um? What's better, Ray Bills? Stormbringer? Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker? I think it's Stormbreaker. Okay. That's we need more better Ray Bill in the world. Yeah, you know he's a character that fans seem to really like and want, yeah. and he doesn't seem to get used very much. I don't know if. I don't know why that is. Like, he seems like he's a fan favorite, yet he's never really... I mean, I guess, you know, how often do you get to use a horse-faced alien? We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and, of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer Podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Asgard. Norse God. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Gar- it, I, I'm assuming Guardians of the Galaxy is still being produced in some way, shape, or form by Marvel, right? Yeah, well, Al uh, Ingram is actually writing it currently. It's it's five issues into his run, I think, something like okay. that, five or six issues. I mean, isn't don't you, I mean that's kind of the perfect place for for him to show up, right? I would. That think would be the proper place. The pro- <laughs> you could you could use him in that situation. I think yeah. you know. I don't know. Maybe it's like what was the name of his ship? Is he a problem for writers? Because he's so powerful, like, because you see that, you know, like, you see that in TV shows a lot, where, you know, like The Flash, they have to write an episode where The Flash can't really be used, because if he was in this episode, it would be over in 10 seconds, because he's The Flash, you know, (laughs) it's like, maybe that's kind of, it's like, Beta Ray Bill's cool, but you constantly have to figure out, okay, now I have to have, you know... Alpha level villains constantly for them to fight against, or the story's kind of defeated, you know, pretty quickly. I don't know. I don't know why he's not. I don't, I don't remember his ship. It's always always a time for a Starro 
story. You know, just throw Starro into the mix. Messes everything up. What was the... What was the... I think we've talked about this in the last few months. What was the the Starro storyline where it was... It kind of like completely reinvented that character. It was in Rebels. We talked about this. That's right. I need to go back and read that. That was awesome. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, that Uh, Rebel run was great. I personally love Beta Ray Bill. And (laughs) whenever he's not in something, I get sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe he'll be in the maybe he'll be in this Marvel comic. What was the name of his ship? Even the DC books he opens yeah. it. He's not, he's like, I'm oh. just like, oh, maybe it's a crossover and I didn't know about it. <laughs> Beta Ray Bell would be a good DC character. I mean, maybe Beta Ray Bell is maybe part of his like. He uh, I feel like every Thor relaunch is about like redefining Asgard. You know, what's Asgard? And, like, Beta Ray Bill kind of doesn't fit that all the time very well. Because no. he's kind of like this weird other thing that happened. Yeah. 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 yeah like, like Marvel Cosmic is that it's all of these, like, alpha-level characters. It's like, I'd like to see, like, a Beta Ray Bill Silver Surfer, like, team, you know, like, buddy book. Mm-hmm. Fight. I mean, you, if you're in Marvel, then you get to fight like the abstract ideas, like eternity, and there's <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff uh, Jim Starlin thought of when he was incredibly high. <laughs> we have a character that's everything. Can't beat cancer, though. Yeah, it's everything. I like the. Uh, uh, just like I always thought, it'd be fun to make up cosmic character names because you could just like do whatever, right? Like it doesn't matter. Like they just have like I can never remember what any of them are, right? Like Doctor Strange's bad guys. They're all just like these like weird long names. I'm like, which one? I'm like, which one is this one? It's like ah, oh, whatever. Who cares? It was Who the demon of so and so. You know, um, I mean, we, we credit Starwin with a lot of the Marvel cosmic. Like, I mean, like after, you know, Lee and Kirby and setting it up with Galactus and Silver Surfer. But, I mean, Starwin is really kind of like the Marvel cosmic guy. Um, Tom, was there, was there like one writer specifically that kind of set up the DC cosmic universe? No, it's just a mess. It, okay. It's just a <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. Obviously, you know, like Kirby... With the the new gods are usually if you're talking cosmic or on some level involved in that stuff. But then if you're talking about like the Legion, that's like a whole bunch of different other characters. And then like you know you have your like weird Omega Men corner, and you have like your oh the Lantern Corps. Yeah, like it's just all kind of, and then occasionally they all kind of mix up mix together. But I wouldn't say there's anyone in particular right that. You know, I mean, Marvel already got Eternity. What are you going to do? <laughs> so where were they supposed to go? Where are you supposed to go from that? Like, Infinity. I fought Infinity. It's like we got a comment from A. Johnson. How you doing, bud? Uh, I can never figure out if Asgard was in space or another dimension or what. It or was both. Like, it was wherever it needed to be, I guess, right? The true Asgard is in here. <laughs> Your heart. Asgard is not a place, it's a people. Didn't you yeah. just watch the movies? Come on. Mm, yeah. What's the poignant end phrase? It was at the end of the Rainbow Bridge. 
Yeah. I think, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was it was in space in another dimension. <laughs> or, you know, kind of the same. It's hard to get to, man. You got to go to another dimension. Imagine you do all the work to go to another dimension, and then you find out it's, like, also in space. It's a bunch of white dudes in, like, <laughs> <laughs> medieval times gear. <laughs> it's a bunch of cosplaying white dudes. <laughs> Some red barren space. Some sitting space, yeah. Everyone's eating like turkey legs. (laughs) Why are those people juggling each other over there? It is cosmic Ren (laughs) Fair. Oh, I've had, um, after my second turkey leg, it's time for the Odin sleep. (laughs) Right. I frost. (laughs) I must lie down. Another Red. flagon of mead. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's like, I need a frosty. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's true. I mean, ask yeah, it's it's like, I went to outer space. Ah, yes, but actually, it's in outer space in a different dimension. Like, oh, well, well, shit, I didn't know that. And it's a Ren. <laughs> it's like a, a really cool <laughs> Ren fair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not what you think. Not what you think space is going to be, necessarily. Or another dimension is going to be. Yeah. We were yeah, talking you know, about the Ren Fair yesterday. We uh, we went to uh, the the Bong Recreational. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, which was nice. It's beautiful down there. It is on the uh, Wisconsin Illinois border, but uh, it it made us sad because this is usually the time of year we go to Ren Fair for a day and have overpriced uh, turkey legs and, mm-hmm. and and stuff. So, do you guys? I mean, I know Sal's done the Ren Fair. Oh yeah. I've yeah. never gone to a Ren Fair. No? no. Tom really needs to go to and and Chicago has one of the best, I guess, in the country. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Oh, well, Wisconsin. It's not Chicago. Yeah. Uh, is, is it Wisconsin? Is it yeah, is Bristol. it all? It's in Wisconsin. That's it's Bristol. it's in the, okay, it's over the border. The Bristol Ren yeah, Fair. Bristol Bristol Renaissance Fair. It's, I went uh, to that when it was King Richard's Fair originally. <laughs> Before they changed it to the Bristol Renaissance Fair, we went. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't peg Sal for a hipster Ren Fair guy. I don't want to get there. I want to get there and find out that it's actually a Middle Ages fair. It better be a Renaissance fair. So, (laughs) me and my D and D crew nerds decide we're going to go to Ren Fair, and at the time, you know, it was King Richard's Fair. Yes. At the time, it was. If you dressed up in costume, you got in for free. So oh, we cool. all, of course, dressed up in costume because we, you know, it would be fun and it was an excuse to dress up in costume, wear a sword, that kind of stuff. We get there and it was the it was the first year of Renaissance Fair. And they're like, no, that we're no longer doing that. You have to pay. We're like, <laughs> 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 what am I going to do? Speak to my sword. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So I had to walk around dressed as, you know. <laughs> you had to pay and walk around yeah, dressed yeah. like a... Like That's a good. Compass. But, I... uh, yeah, I've, got, I've gone, my kids, I've taken my kids a couple of times. I've gone to Ren Fairs out of state. I went to a Ren Fair in Florida and... Uh, Did it have any Asgardian vibes to it? <laughs> no, they're all, no. Kind of the, they're all basically the same. They're... They're one step up from a carnival. I mean, you know, it's... It's a carnival where there's some people that get really extravagant with their costumes. That's basically what it is. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Yeah. But they're fun. I enjoy. It. I do enjoy. It. My kids have fun. Fun at them. We, you know, we we the the jousting is always cool, and they the shows are the best part. Like they put on they put on all sorts of different shows, and that's kind of the best part to me. They'll be like acrobats, and they'll do you know yeah. little little plays and sketches, uh, and you know yeah. comedy shows and different kind of of, of things. Yeah, the, puppeteers, the, some the Renaissance humor. Yeah, some Renfair humor for sure. There was one one time, like at the at the one in Bristol. There's a uh, there's like a you know there's various kind of pubs, but there's the one main pub. That you it's an outdoor thing you can go and you you know order but they have like this particular show is a comedy show but it's like these three kind of older women dressed up as wenches and they're really really dirty I mean like really but it's like medieval dirty kind oh, of okay. it's like, it's, like fuck, it, it's weird like it's it's almost <laughs> bizarre in how filthy it is but in a cheeky way you know like I don't, yeah. it's 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 odd but uh it sounds right up my alley this is exactly the type of thing i enjoy is, uh, <laughs> yeah. you take take the kids there in a, in a couple of years body like, body renaissance humor you know if, uh yeah yeah forward to it. it's a good time i'll dress up <laughs> even though it won't get me in for free i'll we'll make everyone dress <laughs> dress the whole family in, in period period pieces yeah. of Make my children a horse, front and back. I will give you a tip: don't, uh, don't, don't bother with the uh, throwing or, uh, uh, rotten tomatoes at the, uh, the like the jester guy. There's like a, it's almost like a dunking booth, yeah, where you're throwing tomatoes at the guy you're trying to. But they have it set up. There's like no way you can hit him. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's. A, I'm gonna bring my own rotten tomatoes. <laughs> 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 and then uh i do like the uh the there's a there's an like a axe throwing or a Ooh. knife throwing thing that's kind of fun that's kind of fun yeah. to do keep it now, mind. i've thrown axes before and i'm so, pretty good Tom, <laughs> live in wisconsin so there are dangerous things that are still legal there you know because as we as we talked about years ago wisconsin really is just it's international waters Pretty much everything is legal here. Well, I'll tell you what, you do have to be careful. There are certain dates for the Ren Fair that you probably don't want to bring your kids because it's a lot of like, you know, more leather and and chainmail oh, and bondage okay. than okay. maybe you want to expose to your kids. Bondage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is there are there are some days that you might want to just make sure you 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 check the calendar. It's just like Asgard. Yeah, it is very much like Asgard. Weirdo leather. Bring the Odin leather. (laughs) Bring the Odin ball gag. If you're you're looking for an incredibly expensive uh, leather-bound sketchbook or or stuff like that, you can find those there. Can I get a Utilicilt there? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In a, any color, length, size you want. Nice. Okay, good. I almost bought a tunic. I, I mean, I was really close to buying a tunic the last time I was there. But I feel like if you buy a tunic, you have to get like other clothes to go with it, right? Or like you, you, you can't just wear like a tunic with normal pants. Well, this was really bad because it was a leather. 
Captain America tunic. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. 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 And you got it, and I need to see that. No, I didn't get it. I, I did not, but I did try it on. I did. There was a picture of me with it on somewhere. Is it Was it, like, supposed to duplicate the Captain America's look? Like, it was... No, it was it was medieval still. I mean, it was much. Oh, it was okay. But it was just, just a, medieval Captain America. It was, yeah, yeah. Which but makes it was sense. Just a star because, in the red, yeah. white, and blue, and yeah, it, it was. Uh, they had a couple of. They had a. They had. I'm trying to remember now. The Wolverine I mean, one. I will say this: some of the people, like the people there, that are like you know they the 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 crafts people. Oh. that have their boots and stuff. Some of the yeah. stuff they make is pretty amazing. Like some of the clothing and costumes and the leather stuff. Like it is oh, it is beautiful. I got the metal workers. I mean they've yeah. got, you know, glass blowers there. I mean, yeah, they're they're artisans. Yeah, listen, you can't you can't just throw together a leather Captain America tunic like in 5 minutes, right? No. You know, like it's a cra- that's cra- American craftsmanship. <laughs> they don't make stuff like that. Used to back in the day, you could get that anywhere. Now, these craftsmen. Yeah, are... I remember when I went. So, I when I went as a youth, uh, I was in a pretty heavy D and D group that I played with every week, and we played for jet. You know, usually it was played for money. No, but we played for hours and hours and hours at a time. I mean, we would play a minimum of ten hour. Session. holy and usually longer than that and so there was a lot of caffeine involved <laughs> one of the one of the tricks was you would go to ren fair and you'd go to the apothecary and you could buy powdered caffeine and oh god snort so i had I it's had like, like trucker leather. speed <laughs> i was basically doing meth to fucking stay up to like D. i had a leather a uh, pouch, a little leather pouch <laughs> filled with powdered caffeine that I would wear around my neck, and it was just like, "Woo, let's fucking go!" Uh, baby. <laughs> just doing lines of caffeine just just went up hearing that story. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, powdered caffeine. I don't, I don't know if they still sell it. Now. We're going into this dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's kick some dragon ass. Yeah, I'm fired up. <laughs> what was that? The what was the the Chevy Chase movie where the where he was? Oh, that horrible uh, haunted possession one, like Modern Problems, or you mean what? Nothing But Trouble? I think it was Nothing But Trouble. No, uh, what? you mean the classic? <laughs> I just remember. I remember whenever they were doing like the exorcism, exorcism ring, and and he snorts the 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 powder that they had laid on the floor. That's the image I have of you snorting, you know, powdered caffeine. <laughs> yeah, Stay up all night, guys. Yeah. Kevin Chase did some terrible movies, didn't he? Um. <laughs> Daddy did. So Daddy okay, did. so so we have Renfair covered. Um, <laughs> what? What else have you guys been reading? What's uh what's been on the docket here? I don't know. What have I been reading? I haven't. I don't know if I've read that much this week. Honestly, I, I, I'm going. I'm going back and rereading the boys. Um, every time I try, I get about 12, 18 issues in, and then I just kind of blah, 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 just you kind gotta of break through out. the wall. You gotta. There is that wall there of that. 
where you got to kind of, you know, bust through it. I, I get that. I've done that. I did that same thing, but I, I kind of, I forced myself to get through that. It isn't that, like, it's not that great of a comic book. I, as much as I enjoy it, like, it, it's, it's not, um, it's not amazing. high art. Huh? It's not high art. No, it's just, it's just, yeah. I think it's just them shitting on the comic book industry. You know what I mean? It's just them sort of like, you know, not so cleverly pointing out all the horrible things of the comic book industry in a lot of ways. And just like how shitty, you know, the American comic book industry can be. Um, and, and I, it's funny cause like every time, Every time I read it, I think about, like, okay, so is this Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson? Like, is that, like, which characters are they? And then I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it has any correlation, but I always think that, um, Frenchie is, uh, Christian Alame. Because, <laughs> 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 like, I always just picture him as, that would be awesome. yeah, and, yeah. uh. But it's like, oh, this is really, I mean, this is really an indictment of the comic book industry, the, the, the you know, the superhero industry uh, as a whole, and just like how shitty the, the comic book industry is in a lot of ways, uh, you know, when you, when you kind of look at it from, from that perspective, it was them, sure. it was, it was satire of the comic book industry. So it's, it's, it's very interesting from that perspective of kind of looking at it. Uh, although I, I, it's weird because they have the character that I'm assuming is supposed to be Stan Lee, the legend character, who's despicable in his own way, but also sort of like heroic in some ways in that book. Um, Sounds like Stan. Yeah, which is interesting that, you know, they would kind of depict him that way, but, um... There's, you know, rereading it, there's so many little things in that book. There's so many sort of, you know, that I didn't, and, and it's funny to kind of read it now after sort of the Me Too movement and, and, and Black Lives Matter and just sort of all the social awareness that is, you know, the, the things that have come out in the last, you know, specifically when, 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 when did the boys come out? Because that, that brings up a, a funny little story is what, 2014, 20. 24. I, I don't even know. I honestly couldn't tell you. I'd have to look it up. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's been, it's it's been a while. Like 2013, 2014. Uh, Me too. That was what 2018. Was that the 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 Me Too movement was a couple years ago? Really started. So I was online and some some guy was complaining about um, the huh. 2006 is when the boys came out. 2006. There you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's been a day or two. Uh, but there was some guy that was complaining about the the scene where the where the the Aquaman character you know, kind of drops drops Trow and tells the 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 new recruit to 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 give him a blowjob. And he was this guy was only talking about the TV version of that. And he's like, oh here we go. Me too getting all involved in, you know, in my entertainment. And and I I think I had looked at, you know, up on comic book DB or or whatever. And I was like, dude, that scene was written in two thousand six. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well that's what I mean. Like, nothing to do with me too. 
I, I don't think the first time I read it, because I definitely read this, you know, when it came out, but I don't know that I made the, the correlation to, oh, this is them talking about the industry. This isn't just like, yeah. you know, mm. I, or at least I don't, I don't think I made as close a connection with it, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, just sort of the idea of like the, the girl, you know, um, I can't think of her name now, but joining the team and, and yeah, Matt stars, and, star, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and starlight, starlight, starlight. Um, yeah, the TV show is awesome, by the way. I love, I'm, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And and that's why I went, I went, wanted to read, you know, read the book again. But you know, like them forcing her to change her costume and just like all the things that you know, they, and it's like, oh, this is this is them talking about sexualization, you know, of of female characters in comics and and all the different things it was just like oh duh you know i just sort of like had the, yeah. you know that sort of realization reading it again uh, uh so it's been interesting going back and reading it again um in that context but yeah it, it was it was certainly talking about you know sort of the horrible things in the industry that a lot of that stuff has come out now yeah um, so it's kind of interesting in retrospect, to, to, to look at that. Hmm. I may have to give it uh, give it another look. I was uh, it's it's been probably the last few months going back and starting to reread some of my favorite series from the last like fifteen or so years. Like I told you, I started reading American Vampire again. Yeah. And that just that series it, it's it's without a doubt my favorite Scott Schneider work that he's done and anything that Raphael Albuquerque is on is going to be, is going to be great. And I guess they might be going back to it. I think there's some more American vampire, which I thought they had kind of completely finished that, that series up, but it sounds like they, uh, they're going to get together and do one more, one more story in it. Oh yeah. I still the vampires back together one more time. (laughs) One more time. Right up. Western vampires. So, read uh, some Greg Rucka, your favorite Greg Rucka stories from the last fifteen years. Uh, you know, I've always got a Queen and Country trade laying around somewhere at his bedside. Yeah, under his pillow, he sleeps. With I'm him. going back and reading the one with uh, Leandro Fernandez, which who he did uh, the old guard with. So I've been kind of you know picking picking through that one. I haven't had anything that's just kind of like you know, grab me. And kind of consumed what uh, what I'm reading for a while. So choke the life out of me. Yep. Consume your mind completely. Well, apparently, like Hickman's X Men has just got a hold of Tom and won't let go. Well, I just keep. I'll just keep going. You know. Whatever ends. It's got yeah. It's got me hooked, baby. I'm interested. I did start. That's all reading, I can ask for. Do you remember the twelve? By, uh, oh, oh, it was awesome. Michael is that uh, Straczynski and the artist was? Uh, Chris Weston. Okay, yep. Um, yeah, I just started reading that again. It was like, oh, I haven't, I, I haven't read that in a long time. That was a really good book. And uh, um, I know there was delays in like that finishing and everything, but that was a really cool story, you know, sort of a JLA, JSA vibe to it in the Marvel universe. <laughs> but but in a lot of the ways like the, like the boys does it's there are there are characters in there that if you pluck them out of the mid 40s 
and bring them into the future, they're some really horrible racist assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's a dark book. Like I, it's really dark. You know, going yeah. back to it is sort of like, oh wow, Marvel really let Straczynski, you know, get pretty dark with this, which was uh, um, surprising. Kind of, I, I don't know if I just didn't catch it the first time around, but like going back, I was like, oh wow, this. This is a lot, you know, a lot darker than I really expected. <laughs> I, I loved his stuff. From the, I mean, Straczynski is a guy that I think he, for whatever reason, really developed a love-hate relationship between comic book fans for for whatever reasons. Um, I always I always liked his stuff. Um, but Midnight Nation, yeah, that book. That's one of the books that got me back into comics after I had taken some time away. That that series was fantastic. And then it was uh, probably Rising Stars right after that, where I'm like, oh, okay, they're doing this in comics now? I can get into this. <laughs> so Straczynski, you know, and I, I think I, looking back on it, I probably bought both of those series because I loved Babylon 5. So I, Babylon 5 was a fantastic sci-fi series and that's where i that's where i you know really learned the straczynski name and once i found out he was you know writing comics i was all in you're like i'm into this yeah it's um shit who um the artist on uh, midnight nation um kirk uh, oh. kirk kirkman no uh, he did uh uh green lantern year one with um Jeff Johns. Uh, some with an E. Ivan I'm Rice. looking it up. Speak amongst yourselves. <laughs> it's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Gary Jim Frank? Is... Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Yeah, that's the one where, like, when everyone smiles, it looks like they're in pain. But ah, like, the grimace! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm a big, I, I loved Rising Stars. Um, mm-hmm. That was a that was a series that was like same thing. Like that kind of got me back into a collector mentality of comics, which yeah. wasn't necessarily a good thing. But like they had a lot of sort of zero issues. I remember and like we're and I made it a like mission of mine one year to sort of just go and get all those issues. Uh, at one point. Yeah, and I re- but I really did enjoy that story and that universe that he kind of created. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was one where they they ended up with a bunch of delays and they ended up having to change artists like halfway through, and um, and then yeah, then they started doing like the zero issues and like the like different origins. Then I mean, they spun it off and did like some different miniseries out of it later, right? Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that came off of it. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, and then he went into Supreme Power. The the uh, sort of uh, was that a Max line? Yeah, that was a Max line book. Um, I mean, the idea of it's funny to t- hear. I've always found the idea of a zero issue like the perfect comic book thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, here's a, we didn't do an issue zero. Here you go. It's a collector's item. Mm-hmm. Issues and it has issue four covers. <laughs> uh, yeah, the zero, uh, 0.5, 0.75. We, we can just keep doing this forever. 
Well, we were suckers. We were all suckers. What'd you say? Did they they do 0.5 issues? Uh, I definitely have some half issues of some stuff. I know there's... (laughs) uh, I think there's a half issue of the 12. There's a zero (laughs) issue and a half issue of the 12, I believe. So... Yeah, I think I I know there's a zero issue. I I don't, but I know there are some half issues. Chef's Kiss, out there. the perfect comic book. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> like how can we? <laughs> how can we appeal to people's lizard brain collectors mentality? Like oh, zero. Is um uh, is Trzinski still? Is he? I I want to say he's got some comics out there. Is he doing some stuff? It's going to be with like... What, Sal? I believe he is. I I, I want to say the same thing. I don't know exactly what he is doing, but I feel like he just came out with something recently. Yeah, I want to say it's it's with a, a non-Big 2 company. It's one of those like new, you know, what, what what's uh, Mark Wade doing? It's like H1 Comics or something like that. Well, that's been around for a little while. Um, yeah, well, it's past yeah. year. I don't know. He he did just do something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, because I like Straczynski stuff, and then then when he started writing for Marvel, I know that he turned a lot of people off with his uh, his Spider Man run, and that was he he wrote Spider Man all the way up to Brand New Day, right? And then Slot took over. I don't. I don't remember. I think Straczynski was like the last the last Spider Man writer before they kind of like reset everything. AWA is a that that the, the comic book company that um, Brent Schoonover's new book, The Devil's High. Oh, with uh, Alonso. So we can yeah. only hope J. Michael Straczynski is doing a trucker comic. That's our hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the comic you didn't know you needed, but you have to have. Yeah. Right. In a lot of ways, Babylon Five is a trucker comic. <laughs> it is. It's about <laughs> interstate commerce. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I think we got a shot here at a new, yeah. a new series. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting with Babylon Five. Like, I remember, I read, I read um, uh, Straczynski's book on writing. He has a really good book mm. on mm-hmm. writing for all different kind of genres. Like, he covers TV writing, movie writing, you know, just all sorts of things. And he talked about Babylon Five, like. He he wrote that as this was five seasons. It was a complete story. Yep. It was only five seasons. This is what what it was, you know. And people still say it was like one of the best, like sort of complete series of TV, you know, uh, sci-fi TV. I mean, I think it fell off because he had problems. and the, four, the first four seasons were amazing. That fifth season was, I, I think there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that was went on, and like the last episode is perfect then i found out that they filmed the last episode in season four knowing that it would be at the end of season five but uh yeah from i mean it's a huge achievement huge achievement of a show still i still have it on dvd we'll still watch it uh, negative Johnson one said, marvel did a flashback month that was uh issue negative one <laughs> because of course they did yeah, I, someone's done an infinite one, right? Probably for a tie-in to something like Probably. with like an infinity sign. <laughs> In, Let's it's see. Just, uh, Is it? You know, I'm sure they have. Somebody had. To yeah. that sounds like a, like a 
Rob Liefeld kind of, you know, like prime infinity issue or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of prime, that is something that I've been watching. Have you guys uh, checked out the uh, uh, Transformers War on Cybertron on Netflix? I have not. I have not. Is that a... Are you an old school uh, Transformers fan? I mean, sure. The original cartoon was, you know, I mean, come on. It's if it, this is this is like original Transformers on Cybertron during the. It's the war on on Cybertron. Apparently, it's a it's a it's a, it's a, a three part series, and this is like six episodes, and it's about the war on Cybertron. And then the next one is going to be on Earth. But uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's dark. It's kind of like the Beast Wars stuff to where it's it's a little bit more adult, a little bit more dark. Um, yeah. The same see, voice actors. Watch, uh, it, yeah. It's good. Huh? Did you see that Bumblebee movie? The first, like, 20 minutes of that movie are amazing. I really like that movie. I thought it was really yeah. good. It, it, like, it felt like an 80s movie to me. Like, it felt like... A, a classic sort of 80s uh i mean it's set in that time period too but it, it i thought it was really fun i i enjoyed a hell out of that movie i, I haven't watched it. all of it the first 20 minutes were fantastic yeah i enjoyed it yeah uh so is the transformers the is that that's an animated yep it's animated it's on it's it's japanese animated um it's out of a japanese studio uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Netflix is called Transformers: War on Cybertron. I've enjoyed it. It's uh, six episodes for the the first season, and it's going to have like three seasons that tell the story. My son has gotten into uh, anime. Like he he's like he he's going through like all the Naruto. Oh, he's, nice. He's gone through um, Seven Deadly Sins and like all this stuff. I don't even know what it is. Like half of it. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, you could watch this with him. I mean, it's it's very it's very Japanese influence. I mean, Transformers is Japanese, so yeah. Yeah. Is there any sort of... like robot tentacles. <laughs> no, 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 no tentacles in this one, Tom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here, um, do you watch the um, uh, the toys that I mean, made Transformers us? Transformers is basically a trucker movie. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, their hero, their hero is a truck. A I mean. Truck. I should do the sort of Joseph Campbell version of like, here's how you tell a trucker story. Like, here's like the truck's years. journey. Here's the yeah. trucker's journey. <laughs> we're we're going to start ending our episode. We, it's a new ending to our episodes. It's going to be around round yeah. Roll out. It's just going to be like in. Roll out. Roll out. I think and, that's a million dollar idea. I think if you did the trucker's journey. <laughs> the trucker's journey. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go up the hill. <laughs> There's gonna be, uh, you know, lounge or uh, lot lizards. Yeah, you know, all great stories follow the trucker's journey it's model. It's just an eight point circle. You know, we'll figure this out for sure. I have to go, guys. All right, uh, you gotta get titties off to school. Yeah, I gotta, yeah, I got, uh, I gotta get, gotta get the truck truck revved up. Yeah, making a cross country run tomorrow. Finish scan, finish scanning documents. Yeah, my documents scanned perfectly. Excellent. Yeah, they they kept getting jammed, but uh, it seems to have worked. 
so my kids will be able to go to school. All right. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. I'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Yes, we'll talk uh, Tiananmen 1989. Yeah, you guys just keep going. Figure out this trucker's journey thing for me. All right. Outline it. Great week, bud. Outline it. (laughs) The trucker's journey. It always comes back to trucks. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was, I was asking, um, have, have you watched uh, uh, The Toys That Made Us? Have you seen that series? I've watched a couple episodes. I haven't gone back. The Transformers it. one. is The Transformers one is really good. The Star Wars one is really good. I watched and the Star G. Wars G. One. The G.I. Joe one is really good. I watched the He-Man documentary. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That made me sad, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about you know screwed up industries, but uh, was there any Don any Don uh, Don Glute stuff in there? I don't remember. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Okay, there should have been because like in the in the toys that made us, whenever they were going over all the Masters of the Universe stuff, didn't mention Don once. And I'm just like he named like half those characters and whatnot. So yeah, I don't, I, I'd have to rem- I'd have to go back and remember because I, I I think I watched the episode of the toys that made us he-man episode but i think i also watched the separate documentary so i might yeah. get them confused if i talked about them right now yeah it's so the toys that made us one they never mentioned don don at all but uh, which i thought was was weird but the transformers one is pretty fascinating because i mean just that time in toys it's they were basically just repurposing these Japanese toys into the American market. It's it was it's a pretty fascinating story about how all that came and became this huge huge thing. And that along with GI Joe, it was it was with Marvel Comics getting involved. Um, you know, kind of t- brings it to that whole comic culture thing because it was the 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 toys and the TV show and the comics. It was all worked together. I can't have more of my childhood destroyed, Chris. It's just it's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's not heartbreaking. Just go watch it. It's 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 nostalgic. It's great. Um, the on the uh, the GI Joe one, they actually have Larry Hama in there quite a bit, um, and they go and they've got Shooter. Talks about the the GI Joe Marvel Comics deal that they did. So, and I think that all probably started before Transformers, and they probably used that as a template whenever they started doing the Transformers comics. It's interesting, like you know, when going back and you realize, oh, these guys were all ju- it was just a big marketing thing. Like they were just trying to create, yeah, you know, this this multi tiered marketing plan to get kids. They're trying to sell toys, man. Yeah, I, and I get it. It's just but they're selling you know, when toys. You're a kid, like <laughs> I mean, that stuff was, you know, those were characters that you fell in love with. You know what I mean? Like though, you know, the those were stories. Yeah. Those weren't just, and they did a great job of making you you connect with those stories. But it's like uh, the He Man one is such a bizarre one because it's just <laughs> it's, that's so odd. Why that hit like, and 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 it's all know, bizarre. Yeah, it's all fucking weird. It's I mean, talk. I mean, if we're going to talk He Man, now is when we have to have Seeley and his brother on. Yeah, right. (laughs) I still, I still like, I still. If I had the time, like if I was a, you know, kind of twenty something with nothing, you know, to do or a lot of free time on my hands, I would absolutely 
I mean, I talked to Celia about this. Of like, I want to make a documentary of the culture of people that collect and trade and buy and sell He-Man figures because yeah. it's fascinating and a little spooky and weird. And I'm like, I there's a documentary there that would just be, I think, really interesting uh, to to delve into that bizarre world of that. But Wonder it's, Man, He-Man. Wonder Bread, or is it what Wonder Bread? Wonder Bread He Man. Yeah, the Wonder Bread He Man is the the rare, the super rare. <laughs> I did get. Uh, my sister bought me this. There you go. Uh, oh, here, I'll grab, hold on a second. Pull that, pull that mic closer to you. Anyway, you've been a little low. Am I? So, okay. You can look at my. My sister bought me this. I think two Christmases ago or a Christmas ago. When they came out with like, <laughs> and and like a good like a good nerd, it's still in its original packaging. Yeah, it's still in there. <laughs> I didn't take them out. I couldn't. I couldn't quite do it. But uh, this is like a remake of the originals. Um, it's an interesting uh, sort of thing of like they took the original molds and stuff and and remade them, but. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, cool. They have the actual original ones. But it looks different. Like, it doesn't quite still look the same to me as the original ones. I, I remember them differently. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's know. it's yeah, it's crazy. But that, yeah, the, the, the Toys That Made Us episode on that is hilarious. Of just, you know, if they were flying by the seat of their pants. It's like, you know, for like colors and, you know, the, the, the big the fucking cat. They went. Yeah. They went in on a sales pitch, and they're like, uh, "We have a comic book." Or, you know, like it started as an idea for for. It, did it even start as toys? Didn't it start as something else? And then it was like, "Well, we'll make the toys to sell the comic book." Yeah. Or something you know, it was like something bizarre like that, where they weren't even trying to sell the toys. The toys were like a spinoff, and then the toys became this gigantic thing. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a bizarre story for sure it's worth watching if you're <laughs> the 80s to grow up in that time between the comics and the toys and the the animated series i mean we it, it really was a it was something else oh i mean then like the birth of video games and and uh, you know just well you had latchkey kids to begin with i mean we were latchkey kids and and I was, you know <laughs> a gener it was a generation yes, of latchkey kids. All my uh, friends were all my friends were latchkey kids. All yeah. their mothers worked. Uh, my mom was a little my mom. Older. My mom worked, but she was the uh, she was a bus driver. So I rode on the bus, and go. so my mom was the bus driver. So, um, but yeah, no, and and I mean, you think about it now, like look at pop culture today, and the the billions and billions of dollars. It all. You know, it all goes back to those days and, you know, everything is still being used. I mean, look at your t-shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, oh. like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it's like it, we haven't, I mean, I'm sure there are things I don't know about that culturally are huge, but it's like, it just seems like there was that sort of explosion of content for pop culture when none existed before that and it still has hung on it's still being you know like that generation of kids is still you know 
driving that stuff. It's everywhere now. Like, you know, the, the comics and movies. And, and it never is going away. Like, they just keep regurgitating it or reusing it. Yeah. You know, everything keeps getting, you know, re, re I just bought underwear with Back to the Future on it. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> of course you did yeah but it wasn't even like a weird like it wasn't like i had to search them out it was an yeah. option on an underwear you know what i mean like it, it wasn't like i i went to a, a, a geek company and bought underwear. they made it easy for you yeah, yeah. it's like it, this is a mainstream yeah. thing that oh we're gonna have back to the future underwear <laughs> you know like it's just and next to that we're gonna have yeah. plaid underwear and next to that we're gonna have Zombie yeah. underwear, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, I guess, it's just... I guess the, the biggest difference between you know, in entertainment from then and now is that things were were much more on a schedule. I mean, you had your 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 Saturday morning cartoons, you had your your afternoon cartoons after you got home from school. You you know, it's if you missed the odd TV show that was you know geeky at all, which was probably what you know. Like, Night Rider, you know that that kind of stuff. I mean, if you missed it, you missed it. And as far as comics go, I mean, whenever we started, it's, you know, you you had comics that you collected, and if you were lucky, you had a comic shop that you could go to. Otherwise, you were running around to drugstores trying to trying to grab stuff off spinner racks. So it was a it was a different, certainly a different way to you know collect and and get your entertainment. My daughter asked me, we were talking about something the other day and, and she's like, she's like, what do you think is going to be like classic rock for me when I grow up, when I get older, you know, cause we were talking about like classic rock and, and she's like, yeah. well, what's going to be classic rock for me? And I'm like, post Malone, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's going to be your classic yeah. rock. Like that's going to be your, you know, like. Your your classics, your oldie station is going to be someday is going to be Post Malone and 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 you know Lizzo is going to be on the oldie station. Yeah, you know it's 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 something that that struck me probably two or three years ago. So when we were high school age, you know it's it's late eighties. You know we're sounding really really out uh, old right now. Just so you're aware. Oh, I know, I know, but I always would look at people my age that would wear like you know like white doors t-shirts and like hendrix and i'm just like you know that was like 25 years ago or whatever and now i see like high school and college kids wearing like kurt cobain and and you know i saw someone at the went to the record store near where i work and there was this gal who had to be probably 16 years old wearing a, a nirvana like bleach shirt and I'm just like, she wasn't even alive whenever he died. And that is fucking weird to me. <laughs> Rolling Stones, you know, like. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, but now, you know, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's I don't know what. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be like Lizzo. And, uh, you know, that'll be that'll be classic rock at some point. Right. It's, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting question for my daughter, you know, like her, her, yeah. her thinking about that. You know, just like, because I certainly didn't think about that, you know. Pearl Jam? Well, Pearl Jam's classic rock to me now. I mean, that's on the... Yeah, they're probably... Yeah. yeah. They are. You know, if you turn on a classic rock station, it's Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. That's classic rock now, you know. And and I don't know what the fuck you call 
the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and you know the oldies. Ones. Yeah, oldies. That's the oldie station. Uh, you know, that was a, so I'm driving with my son the other day, and and I listen to a, there's a station on uh, Sirius XM called Garage uh, Garage Band or Garage Days or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's Garage Bands a lot of garage, but it's it's oldies, it's classics, it's all sorts of you know weird sure. stuff. And it's it's hosted by like little Steven Van Zant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Will Steven's Garage. Yeah. So he yeah. plays all sorts. He's of been stuff. doing that show for forever. Got over and it's probably and it's twenty years. But like you know, it'll go back and forth between like classic rock and sixties. Blues. Yeah, blues. Yeah. You know, sixties sort of pop stuff and um and a and a a song came on. It was uh. I think it was like yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. You know that song, right? <laughs> and my son's like, "What? What is this?" I'm like, "I don't know." This was a huge hit. Could you imagine? Like, this was a huge hit at one time. I don't. Yeah, I can't but, imagine. Well, dude, last year the 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 baby shark thing. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. the same. Well, it's the same thing. The conversation went. The, 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 the then the conversation went because the song because then the song went to a Beach Boys song, and it was mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, it wasn't, it, it was just like a, you know, Dan, you know, I don't know. I don't remember what song it was, but just one of their sort of like poppy songs. So Johnny B or something like that. And yeah. my son's like, I asked him, I'm like, do you even, do you know who the Beach Boys are? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I think I've heard of them, but don't all their songs kind of sound the same? I'm like, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, Jack, I think. I think the Beach Boys were popular at that time because they were white. <laughs> I think there was, I'm like, there was way better music going on than, than the Beach Boys at that time, but they were very clean cut and they were white. And, and I think that was why they were popular. California sound. Brian Wilson is a genius. And I, you know, people say that, but what is the proof of that exactly? I don't good see vibrations. it. What? Good vibrations. That's one song. Uh, God only knows. I, eh, I don't. I don't. I don't I'll think "Good going. Vibrations" is that great a song. It it is. I, I don't think it is. I think. I think. I think people overrate them because they were white and there wasn't anything else going on at the time, uh, and they got played on the radio. How many? How many blues uh, artists were going? I'm not saying this? there weren't other great things going on, but, but they weren't no, getting. They weren't getting airtime. Going to diminish the greatness of a record like Pet Sounds, which is yeah. a I, I, can't even make it, I can't even make it through that fucking monumental achievement. It's hmm? nah, nah. It's overrated. It, it, it's not that no. good. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think I think everybody is wrong. It's not that good. <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's, I I will disagree with you. <laughs> Pet Sounds no, is is a monumental achievement in recording history. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I Mike Love. No, I I'm not a big Mike Love fan. So, but that's for a lot of other reasons. But uh, but you 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 feel that way about the Beatles? No, I. You've changed your changed your 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 tune. My issue no with the Beatles I, is that is I like the Beatles a lot. I am I am a big Paul McCartney fan. Um. And I like the Beatles a lot. I think 
that in some ways it was the same sort of thing where they were four white boys and <laughs> yeah. their popularity, a lot of it was based on that. And, and, and they were getting a lot of airplay because they were white and they were, I have some bad them. news for you. The tattoo that you have on your hand. Oh, I, I no question. No question. The exact same thing about that guy. No question at all. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Um, yeah. The difference is, is that uh, their biggest achievements were done in a studio where his was on a stage. They couldn't reproduce what they did in a studio with 12 engineers and how many producers and so how many that, other musicians. That's an, that's an interesting point. Where uh, he could walk out on a stage fat in a jumpsuit, sweating all over the place, and still perform at the highest level. The the, the Beatles, to the very end, could could have gone out onto any stage and and gotten an amazing reception and made great music. I, I, I think the, the the reason that that they and Brian Wilson decided to stop touring is that. Is that the music was being, I think, lost in the the craziness of of the crowds and the screaming girls and that kind of stuff. And they wanted to make serious music, and they didn't feel like they could do that and and tour. And they were also, let's face it, they were lucky enough where they didn't have to make the money touring because of the amount of the, records they were selling. But why why would why could every other band in the world in the history continue to tour? And make serious music. Why? I mean, they were still they kind were the of at the forefront. They, they were still kind of at the beginnings of what was going on. It's it's they yeah. wanted to they Listen, wanted I'm to. Not, I'm not. I'm not yeah. like. Yeah. I, I I think Paul McCartney is one of the most brilliant songwriters ever. <laughs> like the the guy amazes me of his ability to like. He seems like the kind of person that at the drop of a hat could write a hit song. Like oh, a yeah. beautiful, like a beautiful hit song, just like like any you know, other you know, week. He, he did that. Just... He did that under a pseudonym because he wanted to prove to himself if he could write a a, a hit song that was a hit without anyone knowing it was him. And yeah, so, and... He, yeah, he wrote a song under a pseudonym, had someone record it, and it became a huge hit. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I no question. He. he continues to amaze me every time I, I listen to him perform and, and and like I said his ability to write like poignant and beautiful songs that are also incredibly catchy is amazing it's unbelievable like I don't know that there's ever been anyone quite like Paul McCartney uh you know Lennon I you know I don't know I I'm not that big a fan of Lennon as much as McCartney personally. Um, But uh, I don't know. I I think there was the, the the sort of cult of personality of John Lennon. Yeah. I mean, there was a darkness with, with him. That's, that's, I suppose. Uh, But no, I I don't take anything away from the Beatles. I mean, I think, I think um, that, yeah, all those artists at that time, you know, their popular, a lot of their popularity had to do with the color of their skin. Um, not that that was their fault. Yeah. It was what it was. But um, I think the difference between the Beatles and Elvis is 
a difference between like songwriting and performance. The Beatles could not perform like Elvis did. He was he was yeah. able to capture something on stage Elvis. that they couldn't yeah. they couldn't do. Um, but they were he wasn't a songwriter. You know what I mean? He didn't write songs. No. He didn't. He was, no, he was a performer. He was, he a, was performer. a performer. Um, yeah. So different different kind of things. But yeah, the, you know it's funny. Like uh, there's a interesting documentary that just came out on Netflix on Sinatra. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's based on like in, I want to say in the nineties, early nineties or eighties when he sort of retired for the first time and he was probably 60 something years old, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe less, a little less than that. He did a show. He did like a final show and he picked 11 songs that he was going to perform that night at like the Hollywood bowl with all of his friends and celebrities and everyone there. (laughs) And like, nobody got to see the set list before, you know, like the night before. And, um, it it was sort of 11 songs that he picked to sort of say, this tells the story of Frank Sinatra. (laughs) And so the documentary kind of takes those 11 songs and one by one, it sort of tells his history. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's really well done. It's really interesting. And, like, I've always been a Sinatra fan, but, like, you know, by the time I got to know Frank Sinatra, he was already the chairman of the board. You know, he was was in his 50s. He was already an older... But you watch the documentary and you see, like, footage of him as a young crooner, and it's like, oh, yeah, you forget, like, all the teeny boppers were going Like, super thin, tiny Sinatra... good looking yeah. and he had those blue eyes and just like you know women were going insane for him and it's really interesting like oh yeah i kind of didn't you know not that i didn't yeah. know that but i just don't think of him that way yeah and then his acting career he's actually a pretty damn good actor it's yeah, like the yeah. man with golden arm won an academy award didn't he yeah i believe I from believe here so. to eternity yeah I yeah, saw that. they cover uh, all of that. It, it's yeah. a it's a two part documentary. It's like two episodes, but it, it was it was pretty good. That's cool. That's I will check that one out. Amongst the other things, I'm still trying to finish Umbrella Academy. I'm still trying to finish Doom Patrol. Been watching some Transformers. Um, you watch audio books. I'm listening Star to some Girl? Christopher Moore audiobooks. So. Christopher Moore audiobooks. Yeah, I've been listening to Fool. Did you read Fool? I haven't. You I haven't would, read any of his books. Like, huh? I haven't read any of his books. Oh, really? It's, yeah, I, uh, I haven't gotten into any of his books yet. You would like him. Yeah, it's uh, You should read uh, Dirty Job, if nothing else. Yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, so Dirty Job, you would like, Fool is, he did a trilogy of books that were basically uh, his riff on, on Shakespeare, um, so, uh, fool is, uh, his take on King Lear. It's the fool in King, King Lear's court. And so it's kind of his kind of goofy, weird retelling of, of King Lear. And then he does, uh, 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 one that's on the, um, the Merchant of Venice. And then another one, which is on, uh, um, oh God, um, I want to say Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, but that is not that is not Shakespeare. Uh, uh, Midsummer Night Dream. So he does 
he does a trilogy of books that are kind of retellings of that, kind of through the eyes of the fool. Julius Caesar hmm? isn't hmm? Julius Caesar. That is a Shakespeare play, but not one of these. Oh, I thought you said that wasn't. I'm like, it's no. not. <laughs> no, it's a King 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 Lear, Merchant of Venice, and uh oh, okay. So yeah, good stuff. Funny. You uh, you 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 uh, get used to the term uh, "fuck stockings" a lot, and uh, and Jeff the monkey, so is a very popular character in the book. <laughs> I've been reading an interesting. Um, it's like an anthology book called Punk Town. It's called what? Punk Town, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like uh, it's set in a very like Philip K. Dick future uh, sort of you know just. Dis- dystopian future mm-hmm. um kind of thing um it, it's hit or miss because it's an anthology but um the hits are really good um, okay and the misses are okay they're not horrible but um yeah it's really interesting it's almost like kind of horror sci-fi to some degree uh you can get it on amazon i think if you're a prime member i think the first the first anthology is free Oh, okay. Um, is yeah, it's pretty good. The first story, especially, is like the guy who created the world or whatever um, that it that it exists in, and the first story, especially, is really good. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting anthology of books um, or of stories set in this. They're all set in, in you know loosely. There's there's you know there's no necessarily connection. And what's it called? It's called Punk Town. Punk Town. Yeah. I'm going to write this down. I want to and see if I they have an audiobook for it, because I have to go to Janesville twice this week. There you go. I started reading... Uh, uh, Lovecraft Country. I was going to say, I was actually just thinking about that, because I'm considering starting up a HBO... Uh, membership again just because just for this show it's, yeah it's a, it's a i mean it's a very uh it's a very well done book so far from what i've read it's mm-hmm. it's it's a great idea um and it's very well executed in the sense that like the the first thought i had reading it is like oh this you know this is just a, it's very much a classic sci-fi book or a classic horror book. It just happens to be a black guy that's experiencing it. You know what I mean? Like from, but it's from his, you know, so it's from his perspective. So the world's very different, but it very much feels like this is a Stephen King book or this is a, you know, this is a Stephen King character or this is a, um, Philip K. Dick character, or this, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it, it's very, it, it very much fits into the tropes of, like, classic sci-fi and horror stuff. But then it's like, but this guy's black, so everything he experiences is different at that time period. Sure. In America. Yeah. Um, so. Isn't it cool how Jordan Peele has kind of transformed from, you know, part of, one of I think the the best um, sketch comedy teams ever. No, and, it sucks because God damn it, he's funny as shit. 
And as much as I enjoy his hor- his horror stuff, you want more Key and Peele? God, I loved that show so much. It's so good. It's so, so good. funny. So yeah, funny. I mean, ser- and, and I I say that seriously. One of the greatest sketch comedy teams ever. Oh, for sure. It's it phenomenal. I mean, it it was the next like Chappelle show. It was the next yeah. like poignant, hilarious. And it just kept getting, but you can see, like, if you go back and look at it now, like, go, oh, he definitely loves horror. Because there's some, yeah. like, horror elements to some of those sketches. <laughs> the, 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 what was, it was not uh, Family Value. The one with, uh, uh, oh, the Urkel. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't think of the name of the show, but I know. Yeah, was it, it was, was, no, it was, it was family something, something, but the, but you know, you know the skit I'm talking yeah, about yeah. where, where Urkel actually has like, you know, superpowers and, and is, has, has basically threatened the lives of anyone involved in that show. It's, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, there's some. There's that's some, dark. I mean, it was so dark. There's some really dark, scary moments in a very mm-hmm. hilarious sketch comedy show. So it's like, oh yeah, well, he's gonna do horror stuff. Okay, well that that makes sense. But, but God, that show was so funny. I mean, it was so hilarious yeah. in a lot the of the horror ways. stuff has been so good though. It. And I didn't. You know. Uh, I didn't care for Twilight Zone. I was really looking forward to the Twilight Zone series, and it, it felt it. Really it was, felt it wasn't enough to keep me coming back no. for it. It's yeah. I it's, was hoping for a lot, lot more out of it, and it just was like, eh, it was okay. Um, yeah. You know, Get Out is good. I, I, I still don't quite see the, the level of hype that that movie got. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. it's. Yeah, I think probably if you were black, it probably would have resonated a little bit more. So yeah, I suppose so. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't speak to that. You know. Um, and then what was the the last, was us? Was that the which I've yeah, not seen? Us, yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah, that was entertaining. Once again, though, I thought like a certain level of hype that I'm like, mm, I don't know if it was that like Academy Award. <laughs> you know, level of movie, but it was good. It was very good. Um, yeah. So, but the book is really good. It's it's very well done. Okay. And um, you know, the the only thing about it that that has been, it's like, and it, and it's probably just me sort of being you wishing the world wasn't this way. But it's like there isn't a white person so far in the book that isn't a horrible racist. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like okay, maybe that just you know I don't want the world to be that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I kind of hope that that's not true. <laughs> you know I know it's not true, but it's it's yeah it's not true, but it's more true than we would hope that it is. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. It's it's just like I, but it's it's a really good book. It's very oh. well done in the sense of. He's he's absolute, and I don't know the writer's name. I, I I should have looked it up. I didn't. I wasn't planning on talking about it necessarily, but um, mm-hmm. in the way that he sort of has captured the feel of like you know a John Car- Carpenter book or a just all that sort of classic horror sci-fi kind of stuff, any kind of pulp. Yeah. You know, it, it 
it has that feel. I, the stuff that I loved so much growing up, and it's like, ooh, it's right there. But then the twist of it is like, yeah, but nineteen fifties and a black man. And yeah, and the, and it starts in the South, and it's like you know, uh, and it's it's the really interesting is like he's driving um, part of the part of the the sort of you know route that he's taking. I literally just drove from Texas <laughs> to Going Illinois because he's coming because in the beginning of the book he's coming to Chicago, and it's like yeah, no, it's still not that far off from yep, you know pretty much hasn't changed. That's why I moved away from there. Yeah, but yeah. it's very—it's really good. It's—it's it's very, very good. Cool. I haven't listened to the audiobook. I'm—I'm I'm actually reading the the, the Kindle edition. But um. I'm gonna. Marta's got me on one. The the Lies of Locke Lamora right now. I think somebody else was reading that that I know. I don't know somebody. I don't know what it's about. Yeah, so that's the that's the one I'm supposed to start tomorrow. So that's uh, make listen, that wife happy. I'm listening to. Uh, Broadcast Hysteria. It's a book, uh, audio book I, I got a while back. It's about the um, uh, RKO, the Mercury Theater uh, Mars Attacks broadcast. Oh, yeah. By Orson Welles. Sure. And sort of the, um, how it took on, like, such a mythic, uh, you know, uh, history, even though, like, really, not that many people heard it, but it's it's like one of those things where like it seems like over the years it's it became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, uh, and now it's just part of. Yeah, but but the guy, the the author of the book, he he um, he got access to uh, all the le- there was like thousands of letters written to the radio station. <laughs> and so he went through those mm-hmm. and you know to try and like piece together what the real reaction from people at the time was so it's it's kind of interesting but it's also you know like the idea of like the oral radio. history of war of the worlds well no it's not i mean it's that to some degree but it's also like an, an examination of like misinformation and fake news and why people maybe did react so bad. Like, it, it puts it in context, too, of, like, the really interesting thing is, you know, at the time, you know, because not long before that, news stations were very, like, they would not, for a time, like, a news station would not run a recording. They wouldn't run a recording of a story. If, it, if they didn't have someone live at the story, they yeah. felt that it was disingenuous to the public to run a recording of a story that's how like in they had standards they had that's their that were their standards <laughs> and then eventually uh it became this thing where like they would do recordings but they would make sure people knew this is a recording of a pre event that happened previously um and the one the sort of the the story that sort of changed that was the hindenburg because it was sure. such a huge story, but it had happened at a time, and only one guy happened to be there. It was WLS Radio in Chicago. Um, That's right. And he had the recording, and like nobody, nobody actually heard him. That was until, the oh, the humanity guy. 
that was and and so that kind of changed it where they're like well this is such a big story we have to yeah we have to play it because he was there but then so they they, they started to um uh, they started to do uh, recreations of news stories and they started <laughs> using voice actors that could do impressions and so they would do they would have a guy that would do Teddy Roosevelt and they would, you know, or Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or they would have someone that did Hitler or they would have, you know, like whatever the story was, they would have these really good, and it was like top talent. And it, there were like people that couldn't tell, the people couldn't tell the difference. And so a lot of people thought that these were the actual people, but it was called the March, it was the March of Times and it was CBS radio. And, you know, you've probably seen a, 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 you know, like in a movie or something where, you know, a, time, a period piece, it was like, the March of Times presents, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> but that's where, so that's kind of where Orson Welles kind of got his start uh, a little uh, bit. You know, there's other things yeah. that he was doing plays and stuff, but he started doing radio for them and voices, and then he did the shadow, and then the Mercury Theater thing, he did that. But, so, it puts it in context of like, People trusted what they were hearing on the radio. They thought it was oh, because nobody had really done something like this where it crossed the boundary of reality. And breaking, fiction. yeah, breaking down that wall. It's a dramatization of of something that that people trusted and yes. and relied on. Nobody and, had ever done a fake news radio show on yeah. the, the radio. Like, they had done fake shows. They would do a play, or they would do The Shadow, or they would do something that was... But they didn't do a fake news broadcast. Exactly. And so, when people heard it, they they had never heard anything Lost like their it. shit, they, yeah. So, yeah. that's why people believed it. Even something people. as outrageous as Martians attacking. Well, here's the other interesting thing, is, like, um, it was only, like, a couple of months before that had happened... There were there was this huge storm on the East Coast, in like I don't know if it was Maryland or where it was at, and it it caught everybody by surprise. Like nobody knew that it would happen. So it was very you know a lot of damage and a lot. It was a huge, but it was like on the radio. It was this huge event after the fact, and it, and it, and it freaked a lot of people out. So people were really like. It was fresh in their minds that this cataclysmic, cataclysmic event had just happened on the sure. East Coast. And then you had, you know, World War II was right around the corner. And you had that whole thing. So people were just like... You're on, edge on, on fucking world. edge. So fucking Orson Welles was an asshole. Like, he knew what he was fucking <laughs> doing. Yeah. But he was so smart. Like, he gamed... He knew how to game... Like, he fucked with the system. Like, he liked... He was smarter than the system, and he fucked with it. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is, so he was he was running back and forth. He was doing these plays. You know, he's doing these, like, Broadway plays, and he was using his own money to fund them a lot of the times. So mm -hmm. he was doing a bunch of different voice acting stuff at different radio stations across New York, and he was making really good money doing it, but he had to get from, like, one radio station to the next. And so what he ended up doing was hiring an ambulance because there was no, because <laughs> there was no law that said an ambulance had to only be used for sick people. So he hired an ambulance and they turned on the sirens and he could get, turn on the rollers. I got to go. That's brilliant. 
Yeah. So, yeah crazy. Yeah. That's so all. it's a really interesting book about that 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 sort of event. Nice. Nice. All right, sir. I got to get up and run tomorrow. All right. Well, you have fun with that. I, I, I'm working on my taking off my COVID weight. <laughs> Your COVID twenty. My COVID twenty is down to about a COVID five now. So very nice. Yeah, the intermittent fasting is working. Dude, I told you I didn't do anything for me as far as weight, but mm-hmm. I did, I felt great when I was doing, and I kind I kind of do it now anyway. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been losing weight. I started a new lifting program, so I've actually dropped about five pounds in the last month or so. And and uh, uh, doing kettlebells now. Doing kettlebell stuff, and uh, but I've been eating like garbage. I mean, but it I've been drinking matter. a lot. I don't, I don't know. I work I work out so much that I, I I don't think I can eat enough calories anyway. So yeah, yeah. I just I'm drinking more vodka now instead of the brown liquor. I'm hoping that helps. <laughs> can't hurt i'll tell you i like those seltzers i like the i like the hard seltzers I, i've become a seltzer drinker anyway i drink seltzer like every day yeah nah i drink the I, yeah i drink the bubbly water that's fine that's uh but nah no nah, when i'm no nah, it's it's got to be something a little a little stiffer than that sal <laughs> all right my friend will you have a uh, a good week and, yeah, uh, you too. Um, we'll uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about Tiananmen 1989. Um, I'll actually go to the comic shop and uh, see what's new this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. It's, uh, apparently, I got a lot of audio books to listen to as well. You got, you got some listening to do. Yep, you listen here. I'd maybe buy some books for my wife, Marta, um, during. Uh, um, during lockdown and everything, I think she's up to about 70 books this year that she's wow. read. So, but I think like 40 of them are, um, like the cheap dime store romance novels. She's been reading a lot of romance novels this year. It's really? hilarious. She, uh, yeah, she listens to a shout out to her favorite podcast, uh, heaving bosoms, heaving bosoms, heaving a romance bosoms. novel. Podcast? It is a romance novel podcast, awesome. and uh, sh- she adores it. She, I hear her listen to it every every day in her office. I'm just like, honey, can I come in? Do you need a moment? I've been listening to uh, I've been listening to podcast a lot, a lot more podcasts. No comic book podcast, but other other mm-hmm. podcasts. I've been listening to the best podcast in baseball. It's um, usually Cardinals focused, but they will. It's the the Cardinal beat writer who's not a Cardinal fan, by the way. Um, and it's 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 the Post Dispatches baseball podcast. So they kind of touch on all of baseball. Oh, by the way, shout out to your White Sox today. Oh yeah, um, they beat my so the Cardinals won both games yesterday, but the White Sox went back to back to back to back home runs today oh, against well, the Cardinals. That'll that'll do it. They, yeah, uh, they for- hit the ball. I mean. Four in a row, and none of them were. I mean, they were all no doubters. They were all of them were just crushed. Is that a record of some kind? It's got. I think it probably ties a record if it. You know, I I can. Yeah, probably ties a record. There may be five out there. I'm not for sure, but yeah, it was. They just got in the meat of that lineup, and all those guys can hit. It was. It was Abreu and Jimenez and a couple. Couple other guys. They can hit, but they they're also streaky, which is the problem. 
Because when, yeah. when they're not hitting, they're all not hitting, it seems. Yeah. I'm just glad that the Cardinals are finally playing again. Yeah, a bunch of fucking, you know, stay out of the casinos, boys. Stay out of the, Stay away from the hookers or something. I don't know what those guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, we're going to have college football. Oh, we're going to talk uh, um, at some point. we got to talk the uh, long gone summer. Did you watch that? The 30 for 30 on uh, McGuire and Sosa? No, I bet it's good, though. It's... It's okay. I didn't even watch it. I lived it, Sal. <laughs> it's um, it's interesting. I have some comments for sure. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. They, they were both juiced out of their minds. <laughs> but, out of their minds, meaning more Sammy than McGuire, but they were both juicing hard. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting how little that is brought up. I mean, it is brought up eventually. That it's it's not brought up that they were both roided out of their minds. It's brought up eventually, but okay. it's not a major part of that documentary. Which is it's an incomplete documentary then. <laughs> and and when it's brought up, it's brought up with Barry Bonds and and. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's odd how it's done. Like you know, I think because Bonds didn't blow up until after 1998, and I think he was really jealous of the attention that 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 McGuire and Sosa got. Was that kind of the perspective? No. Okay. <laughs> no, that's what it's very. You got to watch it. You have to watch it, and, and okay, tell me, we'll we'll talk about it because it's very odd. Like I said, it's it's. It's good, but it's odd that that the way they finally get to the steroid talk is strange. And, you know, I I mean, I can only listen to Mark McGuire say, I didn't take steroids for muscle. (laughs) I only took it to heal. And and me going, well, what about HGH? What did you take that for, Mark? Because you took that. What did you take HGH for? Well, he said he didn't take steroids for muscle. Yeah, I don't know what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that was not that was not an incorrect statement. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. If, if because I took the androstenedione and the HGH for muscle, the steroids were were, were for recovery. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, a little odd, but it, yeah, it was it was strange and and. Um, yeah, those guys still are not particularly repentant about. No, you know, I'm McGuire's still working in baseball. Yeah, he's a, he's a coach, right? I think he's the hitting and coach I don't have for. A problem uh, with that. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have huh? an issue. It's like, well, I don't have an issue with that. Like, to me, it's like, hey, it was what it was. Yeah. You know, everybody Everyone was, was doing juiced it. out of their minds. Yeah, those guys just, you know, it's like, it, it was what it was. So what? I still yeah. think it's weird, you know. I mean, unfortunately, you just can't go back in time and sort of like go, well, you know, these guys would have done this if they hadn't been on steroids or these guys would have done this if they were on steroids. It's just. Yeah, there's always going to be a cloud over. I mean, it, he hit 49 home runs as a rookie. Um, so I think that the talk about, you know, recovery and, and healing, there's I mean, he was a incredibly gifted natural power hitter. Um, without steroids, but later in your career, I mean, 
I'm 47 years old. You're like 60 now. I mean, you know what recovery is like. I am 49. I am not 60. <laughs> no, I, and I don't disagree. But the yeah. thing is, like, yes, that's true. It didn't necessarily, maybe taking steroids didn't make you hit home runs. But it no, let, it, 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 it made you play it where you could do it every games. day. And play, yeah, it let you play at a peak yeah. performance every single day when you wouldn't have. Yeah, Dave I always Ruth said it. Was, it wasn't the power hitters or the the power pitchers that where most of the steroid abuse was going on. Um, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Look at a middle reliever. What's the difference between a middle reliever that can pitch four days a week and a middle reliever that can only pitch three days a week? No, a spot on sure, a major league roster. That's across the board, and and but you saw so many guys blow up. And, and hit home runs. Oh, yeah. You it's, know what I mean? Like, there, there's old. no I mean, question. All, but I, I think everyone was using. And you look at those middle relievers, oh, if sure. the difference between being on a major league roster or being down in triple or double A was being on the juice, those guys were juicing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they were. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I'm not saying that. I don't think it's a matter of that. But I don't know if you can say the most abuse was from middle relief pitchers in baseball. I don't know. No, but I think that that's what people – probably failed to talk about is if there was one place that steroids could make a, a a make or break between being on a roster or not it was it was with a middle reliever just in their ability to bounce back and pitch on back-to-back days you know that kind of that kind of shit or an aging power hitter <laughs> or an aging power hitter <laughs> who yeah, wouldn't be able to play 168 games and hit Oh sure, five home yeah. runs, <laughs> seventy-two. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I was kind of, I mean, it's like, okay, I, I'm pretty familiar with what steroids can and cannot do, and what, the, you know, it's like what performance enhancing drugs. You know, I was on steroids. I told you about that, right? Yeah. About the the fucking uh, wasps that stung the shit out of me a few weeks ago, and I had that delayed allergic reaction. Yeah. And so they, they put me on steroids to, to get over these uh, these wasp things. And, man, swelling went down, like, almost immediately. I got up the next morning, and so I've been running with the dog. And normally I run, like, an 11-and-a-half to 12-minute mile pace. I mean, I'm a, slow, I'm a slow runner, but I'll do, you know, around a 12-minute mile um, that morning. <laughs> Like, like two 10 minute miles, so it knocked like two minutes off. And I come in, and Marta's like, How was your run? I was like, Steroids are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go run more. I mean, I said the the HGH is a different kind of thing than, than, you know, anabolic steroids. A lot of time is just testosterone, so it's just a testosterone boost. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the idea of like, well, it didn't, it didn't make me hit home runs like no but how many home runs did you hit that maybe wouldn't have been home runs like yeah. how many you know and how many ho- how many days did you play that maybe you wouldn't have played and hit three home runs that day yeah. you know yeah. in 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 July and August you know when you you know had this incredible fucking it was cool, man. I mean, I, I was a Cardinal fan living in St. Louis in 1998, and it was every oh, I'm sure. day. Oh, oh, yeah. Hell, I lived through it. I remember it. It was yeah. amazing watching those guys all. 
Oh. I mean, just the race that, they, that they Ford had. And... Every single day. Oh, did Sammy hit one? Mark hit two. Sammy hit three. You know, it's, you know, Sosa had that month. I think he had June, his June, he hit what, like 22 home runs in June? Yeah, something like it that. Was, it was, it was insane. It was insane. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole, that whole year. Um, it was, yeah, it was just, it was banana, banana pants. It's, it was fun. It was, my God, it was fun. No, and like I said, I have no, I mean, to me, it's, it's like the Chris Rock joke of like, if you could go to work tomorrow and take a pill to make twice your salary, would you take it? Yeah. Okay. Hey, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. You know, like who's not, who's going to, yeah. So it's like that, that wasn't illegal. That wasn't outlawed, you know, at the time. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like none of that stuff was against. I mean, they didn't drug test. Yeah, th- and that it was a failure on baseball's part. Of, you know, Absolute failure on baseball. That, but it's know. it is the black mark against Bud Selig, who did some great things for baseball while he was there. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about him, um, but that was on his watch, and they dropped the ball on My it. I think it's just like just just fucking come out and just be like you know. Yeah, I, this is what I did. It helped mm-hmm. me. I didn't, you know, like everybody was doing it, and and I didn't think of it in the 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 sense of like I was doing anything wrong. I was trying to be the best athlete I could possibly be. This helped me be the a better athlete. That's yeah. the that you know. It's like uh, yeah, okay, I get it. Like I get it. There's no. It's I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't. This didn't help me hit home runs. Oh, the decade before that, it was cocaine. No, no, absolutely, yeah, for <laughs> speed. I mean, speed the decade before that, you know, like, so yeah, no question. Like I said, you got Doc Ellis, you know, dropping acid and throwing no hitters. I I think we need to have just a open drug league at some point. Just like I understand. I know. I know this theory of yours that you just want everything to be legal and see exactly how far we can push science to create like the the ultimate monstrosity. Let's let's make it fun. Come on. <laughs> I want to see I want to see mutants out there just fucking Yeah, it's like it's like the one year that he sprouted the third arm <laughs> fantastic. It really helped him his ERA dropped uh, <laughs> two points his whip <laughs> made him such a such a better outfielder with two gloves. His whip was a full point lower with the third <laughs> arm than with, with, without it. You're ridiculous. All right, buddy, let's wrap this one up, and uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll 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 talk more about uh, mutant baseball players and uh, and truckers next week. Sounds good. Yeah, good one. All right, we will be back uh, next Sunday. Talk about uh, everything in and around the world of comics. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be around comics. (laughs) Everywhere, everywhere. You you missed the everywhere <laughs> in, in and around and guys. around. Man, God. we missed one week, and you've just you I know. Got some That's <laughs> <laughs>